0: Hey, hey, good morning. This is Coach AA with the April 10th edition. Three things. The first one, finding balance. Balance is elusive. There are long-term aspects and immediate ones as well that we need to look at and balance out. We cannot just do something with only the long-term in mind because unfortunately, The human mind finds that, well, rather difficult. Signals are delayed as well, right? And yet balance is important. Looking at ecological balance and the lack of, this is just an exploratory piece about my thoughts on balance. The second piece, how do some people make things look easy? Is it really just easy for them or are they lucky or what is it? Just a hazy thought. And finally, on Miracle Diets and Fixes, yet again, because it's always a question, always. So let's get going, finding balance and pillaging the earth. One of the chapters in my friend Saman's book called Following Fish follows the story of the Hilsa. It's a fun book to read, by the way, about, well, fish in India. So someone's search for the best hilsa leads into various eateries from the roadside ones to slightly fancier places. And everyone seems to have an opinion of the best hilsa, where to find it, how to cook it, and so on. A section I found particularly interesting was the instruction of not fishing the hilsa during the winter. For generations, fishermen did not fish the hilsa. But today's fishermen, driven by, well, you might say their greed, but that's just silly. Today's fishermen fish the hilsa whenever. Why? Because there's a demand for it. And for them, Well, it's a great time to make money for them to get out of their social strata. It's just a vicious cycle. We're all looped in, blah, blah, blah. But what happens? The Hilsa is being fished in the winter as well. Now, why would more knowledgeable older generation people say Hilsa can't be fished in the winter? Well, for ecological balance, of course. You allow the fish to regenerate itself over winter, and then you fish it again. The case of the orange roughy is crucial here. We've overfished this fish, and it's not ever going to recover. Similarly, there are so many parts of our planet where we have already destroyed the ecological balance or are destroying it. Climate change is, of course, one, but say the amount of tigers, if you can count these and these are in the thousands, uh, isn't something wrong? We are raping the Amazon forest. Now, in what sense uh, would would this even be right do you think that the planet can survive without one of these forests or jungles? Human in human race in its infancy lived in great ecological balance, the right balance between prey and predators, the right amount of fishing and the appropriate layoff. Say the interplay between even the grizzly bear and the salmon, and how the grizzly eating the salmon is vital. For the maintenance of ecological balance and how good the forests around the streams are. Because the grizzly takes the fish, goes and eats parts of it and leaves the other parts lying around for other scavengers. And this provides nutrients for the trees growing as well. There are thousands and thousands of beautiful balances at micro and macro levels. But today we are just in a race to fuck up the earth. And apparently the plan is to get the fuck out of here. Once we finish pillaging it, that's fucking depressing. The human race seems to think it is the focal point of the story. And so the idea is to ensure that it survives. Uh, slightly egoistical. And I genuinely question whether it should be the focal point, but let's not go there for now. The bigger problem is no one country seems to want to go first and take a stance. Zero pollution, zero plastic, zero oil, or zero whatever. Why not? Because other people might overtake it. You know, classic game theory. All of us have to agree to this condition and live it, but nobody wants to go first. Because Earth 2.0 apparently is the answer, which is... We will zoom off into the stars and continue our story elsewhere. A tangential question I have is, uh, does a race or a civilization that cannot take care of its home and the other inhabitants in its home deserve that kind of status? I don't think so, but that's also throwing the baby out with the bathwater. The human race has done some awesome shit. So maybe the better solution might be to figure out ecological balance on a planetary scale and get there. Now, let there be forests and trillions of trees and lions and tigers and not humans everywhere. Let there be enough water and sustainable food rather than butchering of animals in deplorable conditions. So this requires a different scale of thinking. Now, since we cannot even stop a war from happening in 2022, the odds of an organization or a coalition or countries getting together and doing that anytime in the near future are zero. By the way, if you haven't seen, uh, don't look up, do check it out. Enter AI. Alpha zero is an AI program that has learned to play chess at a level not seen before. Not only has it proven unbeatable by humans, but it has also beaten top chess programs convincingly. I think in 1,000 games, it has lost, I want to say about 6 and won about 200 and drawn the rest. But the paradigm shift it has made is, it is playing chess in new ways, not conceived by human grandmasters. And this is similar to the story behind uh, Alpha Go as well. Go is a more complex game, more pieces, uh, more squares, and all that. Less pieces, more squares. Now, the idea, a strictly defined universe, you know, chess is 64 squares and a bunch of pieces, the universe of possibilities is entirely mapped. And Zero taught itself chess and figured it out over a few hours. So what if we write smart AI programs which will write smart AI programs to govern the earth? In my head, with its rather limited thinking, Scenarios closer to this path seem to be the only possibility of us, loving our Earth, to come back to some sort of ecological balance, and not ending up in you know Wally-like scenarios. Now, why is my thinking so tangential and random today? Well, earlier in the week, I was speaking with um, a, a bunch of people. Uh, about 25 to 35 year olds, um, you know, corporate office, but why fitness needs to be fun and sustainable. Now, the, the word sustainable the concept itself is something that resonates with me at a deeper level. Well, the reason is simple, right? You have to do fitness for the long term. You have to take care of your health for the long term. And the only way to do that then is, well, you better look forward to it. If it's not something you look forward to, then you're not going to do it. And if you're not going to do it, well, you're not working on your long-term health and fitness. One needs to be in balance. One needs to have good short-term effects so that you can keep going at it. But at the same time, put aside instant gratification and focus on the long-term. And not just in fitness, right? You need to do what you need to do, regardless of what your friends and family want to do. Not want you to do, but hey, I want to go out drinking. And if that's the case, seven nights a week, but that doesn't work for you. You you got to find your balance. At the same time, you cannot be a recluse and reject society. Well, I guess you can. If that's your balance point, all of us have a different point. When you focus only on one aspect or metric, you lose sight of the whole picture. And that's what we as a race have done. Right in the past 100-ish or 200 years, uh, with the Industrial Revolution, we've been f- caught up in our own bullshit, and we're trying to move forward. How is moving forward at any cost, moving forward at all? We're doing this without any balance. So likewise, is working unreasonable hours with stupid stress the right thing to do? I mean, in one aspect, you're putting aside your instant gratification for a better tomorrow. Or there are the others who are like, I'm going to party it up. I want to work hard and play hard and live like today's the last day. And The answer always, I think, is balance. Whatever that means for you. So trying to make sense of these tangential thoughts that have been running through my head the past few weeks. We have to think big picture. We have to figure out just like ecological balance on a planetary scale in your tiny little universe. Even though you are the focal point, you have to make sure all of you, all aspects of you and not just a few of them are taken care of. And you live in ecological balance with your friends and family and community. Because balance, I think, means everything. That's the first piece. Second one, just a thought on folks who make things look easy. Right? You know them. They just make things look so easy. They seem to have all the time in the world. They are socializing. They are partying. And they are working hard. And they are happy to discuss the latest news, uh, latest TV shows, everything. But what I've learned, nothing is easy. They are working on it. And... Primarily, two ways. One, prioritization. The things they are not doing. They're not wasting their time on things they do not want to do or at least have figured out that they should not be trying to do everything. It just looks that way to us. And this is something they constantly work on. Friendships, for example. Oh, you got to call, you got to meet, you got to... there's so many things you have to be actively working on it to us when we see a narrow window and we see only the end product it looks well oh it looks either extremely complex or extremely easy it's not impossible it's not easy you just have to figure out what you're working on that's how you make things look easy to the outside world but you know it's not easy but the same it's not complex at all it's just What you choose to focus on. Anywho, the final piece, why that person's miracle died didn't work for you. You hear this all the time, right? Somebody did something and they miraculously lost weight, especially today because apparently this is news. It immediately makes you want to question what you're doing, drop everything you're doing and think, oh, that, that is what I've been waiting for. Because either doing what you're doing is too hard or not working or not working fast enough or most often, you know, you have the attention span of a golden retriever uh, in a park full of squirrels. You're looking for something. You want social proof. The objective thinker in you, the show me the facts in you might not fall for it. But we all have moments of weakness and send that fellow to the back room and do silly things, right? Well, of course, these miracle diets don't work. Or sometimes they work and you think that was the right thing to do. It could simply be that your dedication and consistency helped. It could simply be you created enough of a difference, say going from eating three candy bars a day to one candy bar a day. What we need to do is that need to deal with the uncomfortable but important lesson that there's no secret, there's no magic. There's only consistent hard work. There are thousands of techniques. But as long as you consistently put in the work and kind of sort of are moving in the right direction, you are good. Sure, there are quite a few intricacies, uh, subtleties and all that, but for 80% of it, What you know, you know, eat your vegetables, get enough sleep, blah, 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 is enough. So don't be scammed. Realign, do the work. And if you are truly getting stuck after putting in quality effort, talk to an expert. But until then, you're good and you don't need to do something obscure or crazy. All right. That's that for this week. Thank you for listening. I would love to hear any feedback you might have. This is Coach A signing off. See ya.